Hello and welcome to Bellhaven Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Weber. On today's episode, you'll be listening to PSY 420 Cross-Cultural Psychology with Professor Mark Hunter. I hope you listen and enjoy. Welcome to Unit 3 in Psychology 420, Cross-Cultural Psychology. In this unit, we're going to look at culture and personality and culture and gender. First, let's look at culture and personality and defining personality. Personality is really those aspects of our individual unique characteristics. These are things that are enduring that uh, over time, as from our youth, as we get older, they seem to be consistent throughout our lives. Uh, one way to measure personality is the trait theory. And these are characteristics or qualities distinguishing a person. And uh, also the idea of identity. What are our roles in life? Uh, what are our life experiences? What are the stories we have to tell? When we talk about cross-cultural perspectives of personality, the tendency is... Uh, really the, I guess the expectation is that we focus on traits. Um, and the, uh, the idea is that we view personality as discrete and separate from culture, that um, we can sh each share a culture, but we can have a different personality within that culture. Um, a cultural indigenous perspective views personality and culture as combined and that they're inter, uh, interdependent upon each other, that they need each other, and that they're formed by each other. Um, so, and sometimes they are able to find indigenous personalities that are found really only within that, that culture. And as, um, as we find more tribal cultures or, or tribes or cultures that are more isolated, uh, researchers find that there are some unique personality traits that uh, belong just to that culture. The big idea in personality and trait theory is the five-factor model. And those are based off of five distinct personality dimensions that appear to be universal for all humans. And those are neuroticism, extroversion, openness to experience, agreeableness, and conscientiousness. And let's talk about those in more detail. Neuroticism is the idea of anxiety or anger, or hostility, depression, self-consciousness, impulsiveness that is within a person. It could also be the idea of vulnerability, that someone feels that they're more likely to be attacked or, or viewed in that way. Extroversion is the idea that we have the ideas of warmth or gregariousness or the assertiveness or the ideas of activity, engaging in excitement seeking. It can be the more positive emotions. The next one is openness. And that's the idea of someone interested in fantasy or 
someone is interested in aesthetics, things of beauty, things are they're things that are dealing with feelings or actions or ideas. The idea of trying out new things in their lives. Agreeableness is the idea that we can look at the idea of trust. Does someone have a trusting attitude toward others in their society? Straightforwardness, the ideas of altruism, that you're trying to help those within your group and maybe without outside of your group, and compliance to the rules of society, and the sense of modesty within the norms of society, and tender-mindedness is another aspect of agreeableness. And our last one is conscientiousness. And in this one, we've talked about competence. We've talked about the idea of wanting to have order in your life, the idea that we want to have dutifulness in our lives, we want to have, we want to achieve something. We want to have a goal that we meet and the idea of self-discipline. And the last one is deliberation. Do we kind of go about our lives in more of a goal scheduled type of way? So in the five factor model, there's a biological basis that each of us are born with that we have a, um, our temperament, our personality, our uh, attachment. And that leads to our basic tendencies, whether it's neuroticism or extroversion or conscientiousness or agreeableness, that we all have different levels at uh, in each of these. And the different levels are uh, what uh, makes us unique. And then we are interacting with our culture we're having a, um, a component of we're adapting to the uh, attitudes and the uh, skills and the roles that are valued within the culture. So does your personality, uh, based off the five traits, uh, meet with the culture's expectations? And if they do, then that helps uh, affect whether you meet, you have a self-concept that is agreeable to that culture. So another area that we look at is locus of control. And this is the idea about how much control we have about one's own behaviors and relationships with in our environment. If you have an internal locus of control, you feel like your behavior and your relationships are dependent on your choices. An external locus of control says that your behavior and relationships are things outside of yourself outside of your control. And um, they found this to be true across all different cultures. Um, a direct type of control sees yourself as an agent. We're someone who can perform actions that we are, um, that we can have some effect upon what's going to happen to us. An indirect feeling of control is that we feel like we really can't make a difference in our own well-being, that our agency, our, our power, our abilities to make a difference really is, is downplayed. A proxy idea is that our um, control is directed by someone else, for the, maybe for the benefit of us, but we don't do it ourselves. And the collective idea is that we uh, attempt to control our environment by being a part of a group 
that works together. Think of maybe like ants who are working together for a common, or bees that are part of it. Uh, each person knows that they're playing a, a crucial role, but they're part of a group. So understanding the role of personality and culture is really understanding that there are universal components of these five traits that we talked about. And these are often rooted in biology and our genetics that we maybe inherited those. Um, and then we have our identities, which is really influenced by culture. Who we think we are um, is really a, a product of what our culture thinks is valuable and thinks that is really important. Um, so we have these interaction again between our biological genetic traits and the cultural thing, uh, ideas that we learn. In chapter seven, we're looking at culture and gender and, and also the difference between sex and gender. We often use these terms interchangeably, but they're, they're really different. Um, sex is really the physical characteristics and differences between men and women. You know, the XY chromosomes and uh, um, <clears throat> two X chromosomes, you know, for females. The idea that we have um, um, biological differences. So, for example, it's a, um, a common thing now to have gender reveal parties for uh, babies, but they're actually not gender reveal. They're really sex uh, reveal parties about what the sex of the child is. The gender of a person is really the behaviors that the culture seems appropriate for men and women. What is considered masculine? What is considered feminine? And how does that person adopt those masculine versus feminine uh, roles or expectations within that culture. And so gender identity is the concept where the degree um, that a person adopts the uh, gender expectations based off the, uh, uh, the sex that they were born with. Do males adopt a masculine gender role? Do females adopt a feminine gender role? There's different gender characteristics across different societies. And we won't go through all the details of this, but some uh, researchers have defined societies either as low masculinity or high masculinity. In regards to sexual behavior, um, high masculinity is moralistic attitudes about sex, but low masculinity is matter of fact attitudes about sex. Um, and you can see the the different ideas. Usually high masculinity refers to a separateness between the roles of men and women. Um, sometimes we have these common ideas that males are, are better at uh, math and spatial relationships and females are better at verbal communication and comprehension tasks. But um, when you study children early on, they don't really show a difference between these two abilities. It's often what is valued within that culture, then that has an impact whether uh, a male or female child uh, adopts those roles within that uh, society. Um, so studies have found that when you have a really tight sedentary 
agricultural-based society, really a society where they stay in one place, they tend to value more male superiority. There are some societies where they're more nomadic. They move around from place to place depending on what are the uh, needs of that and what is available um, for hunting and gathering. And they found that there's actually more of a female superiority in those types of societies. Um, we have different stereotypes, and a lot of these are found in different ways across culture. Um, females are more thought of as being more conforming and obedient than males. And it's been found that, again, tight cultures, things that are, tend to be stable and stay in one location, um, really foster more gender differences. And, um, and for other societies are more dramatic, they found that actually males are more conforming than females. Aggressiveness, they, men are typically viewed in, and, uh, and through the, as more aggressive and their behavior shows that. Um, males tend to think of using aggression to solve problems, uh, battles, wars, and such. Females tend to think of using communal responses, how does society fit together and how we can talk this out and work this problem through. Um, so there's, um, but by far most uh, societies, most cultures find that males and, uh, differ uh, more aggressive than females. So the, um, going back to the five, uh, traits of personality, the big five. Women are usually reported universally across the, across the world as higher scores on neuroticism, agreeableness, warmth, and openness to feelings. Men usually score it higher on assertiveness and open to new ideas. And they found that the differences are greater uh, between the sexes between in Europe and the United States that um, the males and female differences seems to be more uh, greater in, the, in our country and Western Europe than they are in different parts of the world. So um, cultural differences exist on the importance that uh, they put on the values for women with regarding sexuality. So traditional conservative cultures view chastity as important for non-married women. Uh, other cultures are much open, more open and talk about sex a lot more and even approve of sexual partners before marriage. And um, it's also been found that homosexuality is more accepted in cultures that are industrialized, capitalistic, affluent than other cultures. Jealousy is a part of um, cultures throughout the world. and especially in regards to the infidelity of your mate. And um, the uh, males tend to be more jealous of sexual infidelity, where females are more jealous of emotional infidelity, where you may have a, um, an emotional affair with another, uh, with someone the opposite sex versus a sexual affair. So, uh, the evolutionary model of understanding how mate selection worked has found that men tend to look for younger, uh, chaste mates to bear offspring, and females look for mates that can provide resources for the offspring. 
we've also found that there's a division of labor throughout uh, different cultures. And a lot of this is caused by the biological difference between men and women. Men are typically stronger and bigger, and so they can provide things such as shelter, food, protection. And women provide, um, you know, giving birth, child care. And so, um, but there are differences within cultures about what is expected to, uh, between males and females in the division of labor. The um, gender role is really the idea of what uh, males and females ought to be like or ought to do. What does a, a male do? What does a female do? And we um, find that a lot of more traditional conservative societies have prescribed gender roles. That this is what the husband should do. This is what the wife should do. Um, an egalitarian view is says that they're more equal and that they can interchange between the responsibilities. Um, so gender differences within each country are relatively small as compared to cross-cultural differences, meaning that even in the United States, there tends to be more agreement about gender roles than there would in uh, a country like India or uh, Brazil or, or somewhere in Africa. So as we conclude this unit, there's, um, there's always been an interaction between gender and culture. What are the expectations between males and females? What are their uh, ideas about how does a male behave? How does a female behave? And this is an area of study for within uh, sociology and cultural psychology as well. That concludes our unit, and I'll see you in unit four. Thank you.